Good evening, and welcome to the service, the Good Friday service. The hymns will be out of the praise book, and we'll leave quietly after we're, we're uh, finished tonight. We'll dim the lights a little more. And this is a, a bittersweet day for us as believers. It's, it's bitter because we remember the suffering our Lord went through for us. And it's sweet because of the love that he's demonstrated to us through that suffering. So let's start with prayer. Our Lord and our God, I just pray that that you be here with us tonight. and uh, Help us be sober-minded of the price that you paid, the covenant that you kept with the Trinity to do your part for our redemption. Lord, let us reflect on what you went through so that we could have eternal life with you. Amen. Good morning. And elders of the people made their plans how they would have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is this to us? They replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and he hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken to Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver and the price set on him by the people of Israel and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded me. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Did you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to re- release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, Do not have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas, and to have Jesus executed. Which 
of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why, what crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took the water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. And we stand and we'll sing hymn number 218, 218.
may be seated. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. And after they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. They forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed a written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now. If he wants him, for he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who are crucified with him also heaped insults upon him. Please rise and we will sing hymn 219. 219.
Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. You may remain seated, it's fine. Uh, let's pray. Lord, as we, we have this message concerning your crucifixion, I just pray that you give us ears to hear and, and hearts to, to mourn what you went through, but also rejoice as to why you went through it. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, we're looking at Matthew's account of the crucifixion. It's covered in all four Gospels. Each one kind of fills in extra details. I just want to talk about a few points here tonight. One is the perfection of our Lord. The sinfulness of man is the second. And the plan of the Father being carried out. And so the perfection of the Lord and the plan of the Father are kind of one, I guess. But this was not outside the Father's knowledge, all this that occurred here. Jesus allowed it. He agreed to it before the creation of the earth, before we were around, before man was around. There was a covenant among the Godhead that there'd be a plan of salvation for mankind. A triune covenant. And our Lord Jesus' part in this was to be the sacrificial lamb. We know that this was the plan. Isaiah 
many years before, says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God. Notice that, smitten by God and afflicted. In Isaiah 50, verse 6, I gave my back to those who strike and my cheeks to those who pull out my beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. He was describing what our Lord was going through at this time in our text. The soldiers were mocking. The scourging was horrific. In Isaiah 52:14 and Psalm 22:16 says that many were astonished at you. He appeared Appearance was so marred beyond human semblance, his form beyond that of the children of mankind. He was unrecognizable. They scourged him so severely, he was unrecognizable. That's why they had to have somebody else carry the crossbeam. In Psalm 22:16, for dogs encompass me. A company of evil doers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. Very graphic, the beating that he took. But you know what? Our Lord said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And as these mockers went by, saying, you, get, you saved others, get off the cross, our Lord could have came off that cross any time he wanted. But he would not. He was not a covenant breaker. He was a covenant keeper. And it was for our sake that he was a covenant keeper. What he did was for us. It shows the perfection of the plan that the triune God had covenanted together for us. And it was carried out exactly and precisely as they have planned it. And they come the man to us. We're not so good at keeping covenant. History shows it. The evils we've seen in the world, the evils we see now, the atrocities men do to men, when you read about it, it's sickening. It's amazing how evil men can act. And usually the worst, the worst covenant breakers against God who destroy other human beings are those who hate God. Or those who love a false God and do their evil acts trying to please that God. A false God. But in reality, they're just they're praising 
giving glory to Satan. In all things, all you have to do is follow the money and follow the power, and you usually see why there's so much evil and wickedness in the world. It's the same with Jesus. He is a threat to the establishment, the established order. Remember, he turned over the money changers. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, they were in bed with the Romans and they, want, they liked it that way. See, all is here propaganda, always oh, against Rome, he's against that. In reality, they, they wanted their agenda. Nothing's changed even today. Propaganda on both sides, atrocities committed to get agendas. But you know, notice here in Matthew's account who the covenant breakers are. The civil government. Covenant breakers. They're the ones allowing Jesus to be put to dead. The soldiers are mocking him, part of the civil government, the civil magistracy. The Sanhedrin, the, the Pharisees, the church leaders, the church government, and they were also part of the civil government because they were allowed to have their government under Roman government. They're against our Lord. Save yourself. All of them mocking them. The people. The people. The family government. Let the sin be on us and our children. I wonder if they regretted that when they saw these tombs open up and the curtain being torn. The individuals who walked by, looking at them, shaking their head, mocking them. Come on down, Jesus. Just think about it. The big attraction for this Passover season is we got a triple crucifixion we can go take in while we're here. It shows the evilness of man. Seems like Pilate was the only one who wanted to let this innocent man go. What did the covenant breakers say? So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, having scourged Jesus, delivering him to be crucified. Well, the covenant breakers, they got their way. The ruling Jews, who are the masters of the Old Testament, got their way. Again, follow the money, follow the power. Forget about God's law. 
And just the wickedness of these people, taunting a dying, suffering man, placed on a cross, a horrific death. Again, our Lord could have came off the cross. But he was a covenant keeper. He would not break the covenant. He would stay on that cross and say, it is finished. I completed my part of the covenant. There were other covenant keepers. The women who wept for him. The women who came to the cross. The ones who weren't shaking their heads at him or wagging their tongues at him. They were controlling their self-government. They were covenant keepers. They were the ones who changed the world eventually. The ones who kept covenant with God once they were saved. And they did it without the ruling officials. Even without the so-called religious officials. And my prayer for us today, as we look at this, is that we are covenant keepers. Covenant keepers. Because our Lord did warn the women not to weep for him, but to weep for themselves and for their children. Because judgment would come when the wrath of God is let loose. And in 70 AD, it was let loose. And those who mocked him would melt like butter in the hot sun. We're told they were crying out, let the rocks fall on us and destroy us. It got so bad. But you know, it's no different today. The wrath of God will come down on covenant breakers, those who do not accept him. But the beauty of the cross and what our Lord went through is that one day you can be a covenant breaker, a God hater, a God mocker. But our God is so loving that a moment later he can demonstrate a saving grace. And in Luke 19, we see. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him. Now remember, in Matthew's account, it said both of the criminals were railing at him. Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me 
when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. That's what this day is about for believers. When we leave these earthly temples, we will be in paradise with Jesus Christ. So no matter what we go through, because our Lord kept covenant, we remember what He has gone through, but we also remember that we too will be with Him in paradise. That's why this is a bittersweet day of remembrance. And it should be a, a sober day, a somber day. A day that we remember it's the, the loving, the exceptional love of our God. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you that you are a covenant keeper and even when we're saved, we still are covenant breakers, but we're covered by the son of your blood that we remember today. Help us always to remember that in Jesus' name. Amen. no more for heaven now to give he is my joy my righteousness and freedom my steadfast love my deep and boundless peace to this I hold my hope is only Jesus for my life is wholly bound to his. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. The night is dark. But I am not forsaken For by my side The Savior, He will stay I labor on In weakness and rejoicing For in my need His power is displayed To this I hold my shepherd will defend me through the deepest valley he will lead oh the night has been won and i shall overcome yet not i but through
dread I know I am forgiven The future sure The price it has been paid For Jesus bled And suffered for my pardon And he was raised To overthrow the To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my plea. Oh, the chains are released. I can sing, I am free, yet not I, but through Christ. every breath I long to follow Jesus for he has said that he will bring me home and day by day I know he will renew me until I stand with joy before the To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, all the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, all the glory evermore to Him. When the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. There came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen shroud, and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut out of the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is the day after the day of preparation, 
the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore, you must order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Please rise and we will sing hymn 224. <laughs> 